This is a Capricorn FM podcast. ANC President Sir Ramaphosa told his party's executive to consider a permanent income grant for unemployed people. And this is all in the fight against poverty in the country. We already have welfare state um, where you get a lot of people in spite of all the opportunities at our disposal to create an income for ourselves. Mm. People saying government is not doing this for me. Government is not doing that for my family or for us, you know, mm. provide housing, provide jobs, free water, free education, free this. Everything must just be for free. So here we are. Yes, it is the responsibility, I would like to believe, of any government to go out there in the world and sell the country for investors to come and, you know, create this employment by investing in our countries. But um, is this sustainable, though? And what do you foresee in the long run? What will happen? And are we still talking 350? Mm. We can't be talking 350, guys. A permanent income grant. Hmm? If you have to send, like, 10 CVs to 10 different institutions, how much is that? Considering all the documents that you have to put together, printing, and then traveling to go certify, and then, you know, posting or going physically to those places to go and submit that. I mean, I hear you. If, if You know what? Even with the grants that are currently there, yeah. if, if we were to really consider the cost of living and try to factor that in in a fair manner, you know, are the amounts that we are giving to our people do they speak to that or not? So sure. if we're going to start looking at saying, you know, if, if for me to do this, uh, to get for a family to get the average groceries for a month, the average whatnot for transportation for this, <laughs> we're going to end up talking about amounts we, we can't even, you know, uh, afford. Yeah, that's the question we are asking this morning. If you think it's sustainable, what do you make of the entire call for permanent income grant for people who are unemployed in the country to assist with the scourge of uh, unemployment? We're talking this morning to lecturer and political analyst, Leah Dobregar. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Morning, Paul. Thank you for having me, guys. So with this issue we're looking at, what would this permanent income for the unemployed look like? Is it the continuation maybe of the 350 rand or maybe a different amount altogether? Um, I think it would have to be a totally different amount because it will fall under different legislation. Because remember, the legislation for the 350 was COVID relief, right? And so right now there would need to be a new legislative framework that would have to then describe what this grant is and how it's different from the COVID relief and also the social grants that we already have. And then I think as well, it's a graduation of that, right? So most countries have been grappling with the idea of a universal basic income. And I think um, this is a a step towards it, but a, a step not even close to universal basic income. So a universal basic income would mean at least, so let's say everyone, including the people who work, the millionaires, the billionaires, everyone would get a basic 3,000 rand, for instance. So what this means is only those who are unemployed will get a basic amount of money from the government. And I think... It's a happy medium between um, universal basic income and social grant. Okay, so we've been able to differentiate those two, but then when it comes to you know the stats of social grants in our country, particularly, you know how are our coffers looking? How is the economy already handling the current three hundred and fifty rand income grants? Right. So just like I was saying, the, the COVID relief fund was from funds borrowed from the IMF, right, and so. Um, slowly but surely those funds are drying out. And I think 
our president and our government is way too fond of going to borrow money from the IMF and the World Bank that would influence us. So we don't have to worry about repaying this loan. Because if you think about the debt-to-GDP ratio of South Africa, the debt that we're talking about was accrued during the apartheid years. And so we are paying, basically, the people who are oppressed by apartheid are paying back the money that was oppressing them. And so if we now start to borrow money for a project that, that might succeed or fail, it will have to come out of the, the pockets of our children and maybe potentially our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And so that's the problem, that if we now start borrowing money in the, in the trillions, because that's what it's going to take to sustain this for a prolonged time, it's not going to be us who suffer, but our children and our children's children. Mm. And at this point, do we have the capacity as a country, all things considered, and should we uh, um, shoulder these income grants any further? We we barely have the, the, the capacity to shoulder the grants that we have. And those seem to be justifiable, right? None of us want to see a toddler growing up without food just because their mother and father are poor. And we don't want to have to discriminate um, birth rates for the poor, right? That would be really horrible. Or for our grandmothers and grandfathers. But we can barely survive with that. That's why the increment to, to, to the elderly grant is like 10 rand a year or 5 rand or 15 rand because on, on a on a, on a one-on-one basis, it looks like a small amount of money. But in the fiscal, seeing how many people are included in those 10 rand, then you'd see an extra billion rand onto the fiscal of the of the social grants. And I, I think that is the biggest problem, is that on a one-to-one basis, the 350s seem like a little bit of money. But on the fiscal side, there are a lot of money that seems to be going in a direction that is probably not going to give us any gains. And that's the problem of giving social grants. You can't measure the gains that you get from it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to what extent do you have confidence in this whole idea, considering all the drama that we are currently faced with? I mean, SASA beneficiaries, they have problems with payments. Even the 350s at some point, there was just drama that people would wait for about three months before they are paid. So um, I think it's also linked to the to the report about the July unrest, right? Mm-hmm. So in South Africa, we have a large population of people who live outside of the system. We have um, a large millions of 21 to 39 year olds who are unbanked. So they have, they live nowhere near the systems that give incentive for you to be a citizen. And some of those people, if you're beyond the ages of 35, for instance, which we consider you may be unemployable in South Africa, nobody's going to get you as a fresh employee at the age of 37. And so that becomes the, the major problem is that those people live outside the system and have lived outside the system for so long that they're disincentivized to be um, upstanding members of the society. So we need to bring them into the system. And how we do that, if we give them a basic income grant, they can start to use the banks and start to use the middle class systems that we all enjoy and think uh, are, are just normal um, um, institutions. And I think the biggest problem is that we have this large population of people who are unemployable, which we know nothing to do with. So we have nothing to do with them. And we can't make them any meaningful um, as, as as economic players in South Africa. And I think that's the biggest problem.
So you are saying we shouldn't cap it in terms of age. It should be for Wonka Wonka because there will be those that will be disadvantaged by the fact that they're over 35. No, no, it's going to have to be for Wonka Wonka. What about the unemployed person who's 50? Should we leave him outside? But technically, the 50-year-old doesn't still qualify for the for the elderly grant. Mm. And so do we leave them apart? So you see, that's the biggest problem. When you say unemployed, mm. the, the unemployment that we look at mostly in South Africa is youth unemployment, which is the unemployment that you can sort of do something about. So you're looking at 15 to 35, right? But the age group, 35, is an unemployable group, and they're not a desirable first-time employee. And that's the biggest group that they're going to have to focus mm. on, where the gains can't be measured. None of those people are going to go to a bank and say, give me a million rand of opening a business without any collateral. Sure. And so that's going to be the, the, the biggest downfall or pitfall of this policy. Mm. So briefly, as we part ways, I mean, where is this money supposed to come from? Um, right now, either you raise taxes for the rich, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. You raise taxes for the middle class, or we go and borrow money. And all of these options are going to be harder on the average middle-class South African, either now yeah. or in the future, in 30 or 40 years. Yeah, South Africa is such a mess. We've got all these ideas popping up. I mean, just the other day, we are talking about how there's uh, over 420 um, you know, teachers in the country. And if you look at those teachers, we are saying 410 of them must be excluded from paying tax. And now we are taking that tax away, but you are introducing an idea that requires people to pay more tax on top of that. Anyway, we'll see how it all turns out. Thank you for your time, sir. Appreciate your time. That's Elliot Africa, who's a lecturer and political analyst. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.